Hello again. Welcome to the perfect puzzle. We are still in Psalm 23. We're going to be in verse 4 today, this time around. Uh, I'd like to start with another word of prayer and uh, invite the Holy Spirit into our session. Father, we thank you that we can learn your word, that your word is available, Lord. And that, Father, we ask that you would guide us in our learning, that you would help me to teach your word today, Father. That you would help the listeners to understand and to accept your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. Psalm 23. We're halfway through the psalm. We're in verse 4 now. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. As we've been doing, we're just we're going to break this verse in half. We're going to do two sessions. Uh, so, you know, it's up to this point, the sheep have, have been boasting about the excellent care it's been receiving from its owner back at the ranch, so to speak, throughout the... Uh, the winter and the spring. Now, it's the end of spring. Uh, the sheep is turning to address the shepherd directly. Here in this psalm is where the personal pronouns I and you enter the conversation. It becomes an intimate discourse and there's deep affection shown. It's natural and normal because uh, the long journey into the high country with its summer range is going to begin near the end of spring. Sheep are going to be moved out uh, and moved up in, in, up into the mountains. This, uh, you know, and that period of time is going to be spent in close companionship and the solitary care of the good shepherd. And that's going to require long walks every day. The sheep move along slowly. They feed as they go gradually work their way up the mountains uh, behind the snow as it recedes. So by late summer, <clears throat> they're well up on the remote alpine meadows that are above the timberline of the mountain. Then when autumn starts approaching and it starts snowing a little on the highest ridges, the flock starts to move back down to the lower elevations. And finally toward the end of the year, as fall passes, the sheep are moved back home to the ranch where they will spend the winter. Now, the last three verses of Psalm 23 is a segment of the summer and fall season of that yearly operation that uh, we're reading about. And during this time, the flock is in intimate contact with the shepherd. They're under his personal attention day and night. And that's why these last verses are in such intimate first-person language. It's well to remember, though, that all of this is done against a background of wild mountains, rushing rivers, alpine meadows, and high rangelands. Now, David, in Scripture, knew this, this type of land uh, firsthand. You remember when Samuel was sent by God to anoint him king over Israel, David wasn't home with his brothers. Instead, David's out high up on the hill. He's tending to his father's flock. They had to send a servant for him to, you know, to, to go get him, bring him home. It's no wonder David could write so clearly and concisely of the re relationship between his sheep and, and, and its owner. He knew from firsthand experience about the difficulties and dangers, as well as the delights of the, those journeys into the high country. A lot of times he had gone up into the summer range with his sheep. 
He knew this wild country like the palm of his own hand. He never took his flock where he had not already been. He had always gone ahead to look over the country with care. Now the danger of swift flowing rivers and flood, avalanches, rock slides, poisonous plants, the ravages of predators that may raid the flock, the storms of sleet, hail, and snow are familiar to David. You know, he had handled and managed his sheep under all those conditions. Nothing took him by surprise. He's fully prepared to safeguard his flock and tend them with, uh, uh, with skilled care. Now, all of this is brought out in the, in the simplicity of these last three verses. It's a, it's a grandeur, a quietness, and assurance that sets the soul at rest. I fear no evil, for you are with me. With me in every situation, in every dark trial, in every dismal disappointment, in every distressing dilemma that uh, may come into my life, into Christian life. You know, we often speak with one another about, I want to move on onto higher ground with God. I want to move forward with God. You know, we long to live above the lowlands of, uh, of our lives. We want to get beyond the common crowd to enter a more intimate walk with God. We speak of mountaintop experiences and we envy those who have climbed those heights and entered into this more sublime sort of life. But we often get a wrong idea about how that takes place. You know, it's almost as though we imagine we can be airlifted up onto that higher ground. But on the rough trail of the Christian life, that's simply not how it works. As with ordinary sheep management, it's the same way with God's people. One only gains higher ground by climbing up through the valleys. And every mountain has its valleys. Sides are scarred by deep ravines and gulches and the best route to the top is always along the valleys. Any shepherd familiar with the high country knows that. He leads his flock gently but persistently up the paths that wind through the dark valleys. But you need to note that the verse states even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say I die there. doesn't say I stop there. But it says I walk through. Now, this verse is often used as a consolation to those who are passing through the dark valley of death. But even here, for the child of God, death is not an end. It's an end for everyone who keeps living, the family. But it, for the person that's dying, death is not the end. It's merely the door into a higher and more exalted life of intimate contact with Christ. Now, death for a Christian is only a dark valley opening into an eternity of delight with God. It's not something to fear, but it's the last experience through which one passes on the path to a more perfect life with Christ in heaven. And the Good Shepherd knows this. It's one reason why he told us, Surely I am with you always, now, even in the valley of death. You know, what a comfort, what a cheer that, that is or should be for all Christians. But for those of us who remain on earth, on earth, we still have a life to live, here and now. There's still valleys we have to walk through. But they don't have to be dead-end streets. The disappointments, the frustrations, the discouragements, dilemmas, the dark, difficult days, even though they be shadowed valleys, they don't need to be disasters. They can be the road to higher ground in our walk with God. 
that after all, if you'll pause to think about it for a minute, even our modern highway systems follow the valleys to reach the summit of the passes that they pass through. You know, similarly, the ways of God lead upward through the valleys of, of our lives. You know, again and again, I have to remind myself, you know, when I'm in a, in a circumstance, God, this, you know, seems really tough, but I know in the end it's going to prove to be the easiest and gentlest way to get me on the higher ground. The tough part is reminding myself of that. But then when I thank him for the difficult days, the dark days, I find out, I, I discover he's, he's always been there with me through it all. At that point, my panic, my fear, my misgivings give way to a calm and quiet confidence in his care. And somehow, in a serene, quiet way, I, I'm assured that all is going to turn out well for, for my best. Because he's with me in the valley and things are under his control. Now, to come to this conviction in the Christian life is to have entered into an attitude of quiet acceptance, acceptance of every adversity. You know, it's to move on to higher ground with God. And knowing Him in this new and intimate manner makes life much more bearable than it, than it ever was in the past. The difference for us that is, that is not true for the sheep is that God is continually moving us up the mountain. As long as we're on this earth, as Christians, we continually are moved up into an ever-increasing fellowship with our Creator. And that's hard for some Christians to, to accept. Now there's a second reason why sheep are taken to the mountaintops by way of the valleys. Not only is this the way of the gentlest grades, but it's the well-watered route. You know, you're, it's, it's along the valleys that you find water all along the way. Because during the summer months, uh, these long walks and drives can be hot and tiresome. The flocks experience intense thirst. You know, they're glad when they find the frequent watering places along the valley where they can, can be refreshed. Now, as Christians, we'll sooner or later find out that it's in the valleys of our lives that we find refreshment from God. It's not until we've walked with him through some very deep troubles that we discover he can lead us to find our refreshment in him right there in the midst of our difficulty. You know, we're thrilled beyond words when there comes restoration to our souls and spirits from his own gracious spirit. Now, the corollary to this is that only those who have been through such dark valleys can console, comfort, or encourage others in similar situations. Often we pray requesting God to make us an inspiration to someone else. You know, instinctively we want to be a channel of blessing to other people, to other lives. But the one thing we need to remember is that hidden and asking for this is that old adage that kind of goes like this. You need to be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. The simple fact is that just as water can only flow in a ditch or channel or valley, so in the Christian's career, the life of God can only flow in blessing through the valleys that have been carved and cut in our own lives by excruciating experiences. Now I'll give you an example. The best, the one person best able to comfort another person who is in bereavement is the person who himself has lost a loved one. The one who can best minister to a broken heart is one who has known a broken heart. Now most of us, we don't want valleys in our lives. 
you know, we shrink from them with a sense of fear and foreboding. And in spite of our worst misgivings, God, God can bring great benefit and lasting benediction to others by taking us through those valleys. Don't try to avoid the dark things, the distressing days. They may well prove to be the way of greatest refreshment to ourselves and those around us. There's a third reason why the shepherd takes his flock into, into the high country by way of the valleys. And that's because it's generally where the richest feed and the best forage is to be found. You know, the flock is moving along gently. They're not in a hurry. They're not pushed by the shepherd. The lambs have never been this way before. The shepherd wants to make sure that not only will there be enough water, but also the best grazing available for, for the sheep and their lambs. And generally, the choicest meadows are in those valleys along the street bank, stream banks. Here the sheep can feed as they move toward the high country. And those grassy glades are often on the floor of steep walled canyons and gulches. There may be towering cliffs above them on, on either side. The valley floor itself may be in dark shadow where the sun seldom reaches the bottom except for a few hours or in the middle of the day like say around noon. Now the shepherd knows from past experience that predators like coyotes, bears, wolves, or cougars can take cover in those broken cliffs, and from their vantage point they can prey on his flock. He knows those valleys can be subject to sudden storms and flash floods that send walls of water rampaging down the slopes. There could be rock slides, mud, snow avalanches, or a dozen other natural disasters that would destroy or injure his sheep. But in spite of those hazards, he also knows it's still the best way to take his flock to the high country. He spares himself no pain, trouble, or time to keep an eye out for any danger that might come along. Now one of the most terrible threats is the sudden chilling storms of sleet, rain, and snow that can sweep down through the valleys from the mountain peaks. If sheep become soaked and chilled with a freezing rain, the exposure can kill them in a very short time. Sheep are thin-skinned creatures, easily susceptible to colds, pneumonia, excuse me. They're thin-skinned creatures, easily susceptible to colds, pneumonia, and other respiratory complications. But in these valleys is where the grass grows best, and it's a, it is the route to the high country. Now the shepherd knows all of this when he leads us through the valleys. He knows where we can find strength and sustenance and gentle grazing despite every threat of disaster that may be around us. The most reassuring and reinforcing experience to the child of God to discover that there is even in the dark valley a source of strength and courage to be found in God is when he can look back over his life and see how the shepherd's hand has guided and sustained him in the darkest hours. That's where renewed faith is engendered, is instilled in us. You know, I know that there's nothing that so stimulates my faith in God as to look back and reflect on his faithfulness to me in every crisis, in every chilling circumstance of life. Over and over he, proves, he has proved his care and concern for my welfare. And again and again I've been conscious of the Good Shepherd's guidance through dark days and deep valleys. Now all of this multiplies my confidence in Christ. 
It is the spiritual as well as emotional and mental exposure to the storms and adversities of life that puts stamina into my very being. Because he has led me through without fear before, he can do it again and again and again. In this knowledge, fear fades and tranquility of heart and mind takes place. Let come what may. Storms may break about me. Predators may attack. The rivers of reverses may threaten to inundate me. Because he is in this situation with me, I shall not fear. Now, to live with that mindset is to have taken some very long walks toward the high country of holy, calm, healthy living with God. Only the Christian who learns to live this way is able to encourage and inspire the weaker ones around him. You know, there are too many of us who are shaken up, frightened, and panicked by the storms of life. You know, we claim we have confidence in Christ, but then the first dark shadow starts sweeping over us and the path we are walking on looks gloomy. Oh, we go into a deep slump of despair. Sometimes we just feel like lying down and dying. That's not the way it should be. The person with a powerful confidence in Christ, the one who has proved by past experience that God is with him in adversity, the one who walks through life's dark valleys without fear, his head held high, is the one who in turn is a tower of strength and a source of inspiration to his companions. You know, there's going to be valleys in life for everyone. You know, Good Shepherd himself assured us that in John chapter 16, verse 33. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, the basic question is not whether we have many or few valleys. It's not whether those valleys are dark or merely dim with shadows. The question really is, how do I react to them? How do I go through them? How do I cope with the calamities that come my way? Now, with Christ, I faced them calmly. With his spirit to guide me, I faced them fearlessly. I know with certainty it is only through them that I can travel on to higher ground with God. And this way, not only will I be blessed, but in turn, I will become a blessing to others around me who may live in fear. Thank you for listening to The Perfect Puzzle. And I want to close with a word of prayer again. Father, thank you again for allowing me to bring your word to your people. I ask you, Father, to guide everyone in their walk this week. Help them to come to understand your presence in their lives, no matter what their circumstances may be. Father, I ask this in the name of your blessed Son, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.